Hey, Podcast Brunch Club. A quick thanks to our organizational partners. Lentigua Williams & Company, the production team behind podcasts like Latina to Latina, 70 Million, and Feeling My Flow. Podchaser, the IMDb of podcasts that offers amazing search and list creation. Audioboom, a podcast network featuring funny, inspiring, entertaining, and thought-provoking podcasts. The Venn, which puts out a weekly playlist on the political issues surrounding the 2020 U.S. election. Critical Frequency, an all-women-owned and operated podcast network for independent creators and those who are often overlooked in mainstream media. And Listen Notes, a powerful podcast search engine that also offers list creation. Go find these companies. They are great for both content and discovery, and they support and give back to the listener community. If you're an individual or an organization and you want to support the amazing listener community that is Podcast Brunch Club, think about becoming a supporter. Go to patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. Hi, and welcome to the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And I'm Sarah, the chapter leader of the Houston Podcast Brunch Club chapter and the founder of Audible Feast, a podcast review website and newsletter. For any new listeners out there, Podcast Brunch Club is like book club, but for podcasts. So I want to just clarify, this has nothing to do with books. I've had a couple of questions about this recently, and it's just my analogy. It's a podcast club. Just in the same way that a book club is a book club for books, this is a podcast club, but for podcasts. And we've got nearly 70 person in-person chapters on six continents. You can visit podcastbrunchclub.com to get involved and start a chapter of your own or get involved with an existing chapter. And every month we send out a podcast playlist and then our chapters meet up in person to discuss and inevitably go off on a tangent to talk about other stuff we've all been listening to. Usually we do a theme, but in September, we do things a little bit differently. We had a deep dive into one podcast, and we put the vote out to the PBC community on Facebook, which you should join if you haven't yet. We gave three choices in the poll, and you all chose the G series from Radiolab. You can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash Radiolabg. Yeah, so the series was six episodes that explored the concept of intelligence. We learned about so many things, including a ruling in California that made it illegal for Black children to be administered IQ tests, what happened to Einstein's brain, eugenics, genetic testing of embryos, and animal intelligence. So let's get into it. Sarah, what did you think? Well, I <laughs> felt so conflicted. I feel like Why? I've said this on other playlists that we've listened, <laughs> listened to, but I felt conflicted because I feel... Like it's I felt like I'm going to be uncomfortable talking to, in person to mm. people in my podcast brunch club about some of this stuff, like specifically the episode about eugenics. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like thinking about I, I feel like overall it was super interesting. It was a really interesting topic, period. And I. I I I gave up on Radio Lab a while ago, so it was pretty cool for me to listen to it again, and I sort of quickly remembered the reasons why I gave up on it. Which was there's something about the style, like it's very produced, you know, it's very like 
sort to me it's choppy and I know that that's a style but they'll have like one sentence and it'll have two people talking in it in like each giving part of the sentence and to me it's choppy enough that it's distracting for me and so I noticed that right away when I started listening again and I think that Radiolab kind of has gotten away from its original like Mm -hmm. I don't know bread and butter of Mm -hmm. really being about science and how like that affects our lives and how we are affected. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back to the eugenics episode in particular, I just felt very, very uncomfortable because I think most people know someone who is like the woman that they talked to extensively, who was talking to her baby in the in the episode and everything. And, you know, not everyone knows somebody that A, has a speech impediment or B, is on the spectrum or C, has some kind of delayed development or something like that but somebody might know somebody that most of us know somebody that has some one of those things you know Mm -hmm. so it felt very personal to me and Mm -hmm. the question of sterilization of a person is I don't know I that just in or overall it makes me extremely uncomfortable (laughs) like I don't I don't know if I want to talk to that about that to anyone yeah I mean it is an uncomfortable topic for sure I think that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. It's kind of oh. maybe the exact <laughs> the exact reason we should talk about it. Um, I know, just, and not just because you know we have to solve anything. There's nothing to that we can probably solve here. But I guess it's just what intelligence means to us as a society and how it relates to what rights people end up with, mm-hmm. and just sort of the bigger picture and. I, I literally just got off the virtual chapter meeting, which if mm-hmm. anybody out there wants to join, you're always welcome to. If you don't have a chapter where you live or you want to get a different perspective, join the virtual chapter. You can go to podcastbrunchclub.com slash virtual dash chapter, and it meets by video conference every month. And they have like three meetings a month so that they can get at different time zones. And it, this particular group was myself. Jenna, who does a lot of our, she does some of the episodes, some of the interviews for the podcast, and she does some writing for the Podcast Brunch Club website. She's at Penn State. And then Molly, who is in Chiang Mai, and then Kevin, who's in Malaysia. And then we had Frank from from China. And it was just like a really interesting conversation because we brought in a lot of different perspectives. And one of the things that we talked a little bit about was that at least for me, it, a lot of the, t- the discussion was about how intelligence, it's important to measure it and how it affects big data or how it affects population. But using those lessons and then applying them to the individual can be very tricky, you know, mm. and that's why policymaking can be really tricky because you're sort of applying this universal rule to a population of people that each has different experience and different context. And let's stray away from the eugenics conversation. You are uncomfortable about it. I am fine not talking about it. But one of the things that I really thought about was the first episode about the case in the 1970s where the state of California decided that it was going to be illegal for Black children to be administered IQ tests. And One of the things that really struck me, and I have to admit, I listened to all of these episodes two times because I listened back when they came out and I listened again for this playlist. But one of the things that struck me was why would the judge, okay, so he sided with the plaintiff. 
he decided that yes, IQ tests are very culturally insensitive and they sh- and they don't apply to black children. But why was the ruling that they should just not be administered to black children? Why right. wouldn't he just say they should not be administered, period, period. to any child until yep. they can come up with a measure that's fair to everybody? That seems like the biggest mistake in all of it, because then they fast forward to now and they're talking about the implications of that ruling on children now. And for sure, it has implications. But if the judge had just like, I don't know, made the decision that seems like the natural decision to make to just make it illegal to administer IQ tests at all until, you know, until there could be some sort of verification of applicability across different cultures and all of it. I don't know. That one just really and they didn't talk about it at all in the episode. And that frustrated me a little bit. Yeah, I do feel like across all of the episodes, something was left out, like maybe the whole series should have been longer or whatever. But I did feel like in each of the episodes, I felt like something was sort of missing in the discussion and different things kind of got glossed over. And I thought that was a bit of a miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't make the episodes like two hours long, I guess. Mm -hmm. But maybe then maybe they could have had like a mini-sode in between each one. Like, okay, here's some additional like food for thought or whatever. So I thought that was a little bit of a miss. But I totally understand what you're saying. and. The other thing I was thinking was, how come they haven't, (laughs) in all of these years, how come they haven't come up with something better? Like, so they acknowledge that there's this issue where there's this bias, this inherent bias bias in this test, but mm, there's nothing better yet. Like, in it's, and with all of the, Mm -hmm. like, AI and everything that we have, there can't be some other less subjective, less biased, less, like, you know, well, where language I, is such a factor. Like, I don't get yeah. that. Well, I don't know if the IQ test that they administered in the 1970s would be the same IQ test they would administer today. Like, I imagine it has changed and it has probably evolved. I, I am just not, I have no backup of this whatsoever. But I would have to, I would guess it has. And that's the issue of why this ruling is having this impact today that, you know, Black parents want their children to get these right. tests. Because it could identify different things and whatever. Right. And but the law says it can't be, which it, again, just that was like a big fail if, for me. The yep. judge made the right decision at the time, but he failed to come up with a solution that actually yep. made any sense. Yeah. And that was frustrating. And it was frustrating, I think, again, that they just didn't they didn't talk about that because that could have been a discussion a whole other discussion of like why this judge just basically ruled in favor of the plaintiff saying that the IQ test was unfair and then put down a judgment that was also unfair. Like he he just sort of like made it worse. Mm-hmm. What did you think about how they wrapped it up in the end with the episode about animal intelligence? Oh, I love that episode. You did? I, I, oh my God, I loved it. And I when I first heard it, I think I tweeted something about how I think that that format should be a new show altogether. I think that they should do these like almost like game show kind of wait, wait, don't tell me type of show where they do these teams of celebrities, I don't know, or funny people and give them random questions. And it's not super serious, but like you might learn something in the process. Did you not like it? I'm getting the sense. you didn't. No, I hated it. I hated it. But this is why we have Podcast Brunch Club podcast and Podcast Brunch Club in person, because 
this is basically what happens in my group all the time is that I'm the one that's like, I hate this. And everyone else is like, it's amazing. Um, I just thought it was really witty and funny. Like, I just like I just the- felt like it didn't in, it didn't tie it all together in the end. Mm. Like, I felt like if this is a series that could have been the second to the last one, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it should be the last one. I didn't feel that that like went back to the beginning. And, you know, mm. I don't. I guess I wasn't I, I didn't really like the format, but. It was more so that I felt like if this is supposed to be like a standalone six part series, this just doesn't fit for me as the last one. Like it maybe could have been somewhere in the middle, but I don't know. I could totally see that. If I think about it as a series, I definitely don't think it should have been the last. I think it was a fun one. And it was just, I mean, the rest of them were just so heavy and really, I mean, you know, you're talking about eugenics, you're talking about laws that discriminate. I actually really liked the episode about Einstein's brain. Mm-hmm. Do you like that one? Yes, I did. Well, we found okay. one that we both like. Um. I know, right? <laughs> Finally. You know, I thought that was good. And I <laughs> I made a comment to one of my friends. Like, I thought it was hilarious that they... It was hilarious, but sort of sad. Like, that they talk about... They had the little mini clip of the little Einstein's mm. show. And mm-hmm. since my kids watched that religiously, <laughs> I just burst out laughing. That was a good piece of editing for me, adding that in there. Mm-hmm. But that, that I thought that was really good. Like that this quote unquote Einstein like brain is like, that's the thing that you're measured against. But why? Like, I don't know. It was just a really, I enjoyed it. It, it took me a little bit to get into it in the beginning, but mm-hmm. I did like that one. Yeah, we talked about this a lot at the virtual chapter meeting too. Um, some people were like underwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. And I, again, listened to these episodes two times and I don't remember being like floored by it the first time I listened. But the second time I listened, I was like kind of floored. And, you know, it could have to do with a ton of different things. Like I was paying more attention this time around or whatever. But like the idea that it's the physical brain that would mm-hmm. make the difference and then how they contrasted that with all the other things that played into his genius, you know, like he was reading science fiction at the time when really nobody was ever talking about time travel. And he was a big fan of a certain philosopher. And he married this one woman who was, you know, his equal and also was interested in the same things. And had any of those things not happened, like, would we have had Einstein? Like, you know, it's, it's luck a lot of the times. And One of the things I said in the meeting today was like, how many Einsteins do we have like working at Walmart right now? But like, you know, maybe we're born at the wrong time or don't have the circumstances to know, you know, like Einstein was at the patent trade office. So he was just reading these applications for patents and they were big ideas. And so maybe that just got his brain thinking about big ideas. And that seems lucky to me. You know, he could have also been born in the 1930s and then perished in the Holocaust, you know. So there's a thousand things that played into it. And I just really like the way they sort of took the brain. I think they gave the brain, I don't know, 17 percent, the actual physical brain, 17 percent of like the overall picture. And then they kind of went into all of the different possibilities of what else could make up intelligence. I really liked that. Yeah, it was I, I appreciated the series pick a lot because I was pumped to listen to something that I, a show I had heard before that I kind of lost my love for and then just try it out again. And, right. you know, when I think a while ago there was a, there were some discussions on Twitter about like purging your 
playlist and stuff. And, you know, for me, maybe this is a reason not to do that. I, I don't do it anyway. <laughs> I don't, I yeah. don't usually write, I keep a huge subscription list. But to me, this is like a reason that it's okay to go try something again once in a while because you might be surprised at what it sounds like. So, right. You know, on the same token, you could go back to a, a show that maybe you didn't like in the beginning. Because shows change, right? Like not yeah. just you, like you yourself change, but shows change and they pivot. Yep. And, you know, I imagine it's really hard for Radio Lab to keep doing what they were doing so well, like all of the time. So they probably pivoted a little bit here and there and they like did some experimental stuff and some of it worked and some of it didn't. And they are maybe coming back around. Who knows? You just you could rediscover your love for something. There you go. Anyway, I want to take a really quick break to welcome a new organizational partner, Bullhorn is a podcast app that lets you discover and listen to podcasts by calling in or streaming all free straight from your smartphone. You can go to bullhorn.fm to learn more. And just a quick note, speaking of support, you guys, I sort of need it. Podcast Brunch Club is a huge undertaking and any help you can offer is greatly, greatly appreciated. If you're an individual and you can help with a few dollars a month, visit patreon.com slash podcast brunch club. And if you represent an organization and want to become an organizational partner, you can contact me at Adela at podcastbrunchclub.com. That's A-D-E-L-A. And now let's diverge and talk about what else we're listening to. Sarah, you always have a ton of recommendations. So what have you got for us this month? Yeah. So even though my newsletter is on hiatus, it's coming back. I have decided to bring it back. So yay! Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes, you heard it here first. Hopefully it'll be out to you if you subscribe to it by the time the episode comes out. Working on it right now. So I am going to bring the newsletter back and it's going to be just in newsletter format and not on my website. I think I'm just going to, I don't know, the web website part is not my forte. So the website will still be there because I track every single episode of every show that I listen to. So anyway, when I've been on this hiatus over the last couple months from writing, I've still listened to a ton of stuff and I counted it up today. I have listened to 85 new shows in the last three months and oh 607 episodes. So in how long? Since June. Oh my so, God. you know, that's like low for me. So, wow. uh, but anyway, I'm, I am pretty excited about a couple of new things I've been listening to. So Radiotopia just came out with this new show. And probably by the time this airs, there'll be another episode. But there are two episodes of a new fiction show called Passenger List. Hmm. It's about a woman whose brother is on a plane that disappears over the ocean. And she tries to find out what happened. And she feels like the official story that they're giving in the press is not really what happened to the plane. Yeah. So it was really good and true to Radiotopia form. It was really nice sound design and very gripping. Even the way they read the ads is really cool. They're like announcements on an airplane. Mm, that's fun. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It makes you at least like not be as annoyed <laughs> about the ads. Right. So that was cool. And another quick note, one of my favorite, favorite shows ever is Still Processing, and that's from WNYC, and it's just about culture, and it's hosted by two very, very awesome people, Jenna Wortham and Wesley Morris. And the first episode of their new season was about all of the Democratic candidates running in 2020, and they went through this, like, 
simple things that these candidates should know about, like what is Facebook? <laughs> and they went through each person and they were like, would Amy Klobuchar be able to answer what is Facebook? And I mean, it's a little bit more, that's a little t- tongue in cheek, but it, they were just laughing at like how ridiculous some of the things are that are going on, like really need to thin that field out a little bit. And <laughs> yeah, yeah get a little bit more serious about what's going on here in politics. So anyway, that was great. And the other one that I, you know, we don't talk a lot about true crime here because you're not a super true crime fan, but I listen to true crime once in a while. And this summer I listened to the Confronting O.J. Simpson podcast, which was done by Ron Goldman's sister, Kim Mm. Goldman. And uh, I wasn't sure what to expect at all, but I thought it was really well done. She narrated the whole thing herself and interviewed a bunch of different people. She talked to some of the jurors. She talked to her dad a little bit, which was really emotional, really interesting, and nicely produced so that each episode was like about a specific piece of it. It tied really nicely into the next episode. It was a great binge listen. So it was good. Noted. What about you? So... I feel like I made a promise maybe when we did our like New Year's resolutions that I was going to listen to a little bit of audio fiction. Yeah. And I have not done that. It's September <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to have to do this <laughs> again and I better get on it. And um, I don't even know what what drew me to it, but I, I came across 1865 from Wondery. It's an it's sort of historical fiction is the way I would describe it. And it's about the assassin. Well, not it's not about the assassination of Lincoln, although that's part of it. It's about Lincoln in that time period and the end of the Civil War and Reconstruction. And the first, I don't know if they would call it a season, but the first at least 10 episodes is about a guy named Stanton. And he is the something like the head of the war department. And he was like a big character in the whole, the way that everything rolled out after Lincoln was assassinated. And I actually really enjoyed it. So I might be finding my niche within. Nice, nice. Audio fiction. Maybe yeah, it's historical. I, That's cool. Yeah, it might be a historical fiction kind of thing or uh, something just based on reality. Like I'm not into f- sci-fi or fantasy, which mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of audio fiction centers around one of those two things. I guess what you're talking about with passenger list is a little bit like true crime-ish. So maybe I'll I'll give that one a shot. But yeah, I guess I'm finding my little niche within audio fiction, which is nice. And then in terms of, so you were talking about how I don't really like true crime and it's true, but I did start listening to The Clearing a little bit. And that's the one about a serial killer and it's told from the perspective of of his daughter and by his daughter. And it really brings in the daughter into the whole thing. She tells a lot of her own investigations into her father. I haven't listened to all of it, but it sounds a little bit like in the same vein as confronting OJ because it's told from a person's perspective that actually lived through it rather Mm -hmm. than typical true crime thing as us looking in from the outside and making all these judgments and stuff. And so both confronting OJ and the clearing feel like at least it brings in the voice like heavily, you know, obviously with confronting OJ, it's her podcast and the clearing is like all about the daughter. Right. So I feel like that's a little bit better. Maybe that's why I can stomach those a little bit more. Yep. 
And then, so one of the things I want to just mention is that Jenna wrote a great article about a podcast called Bleeped, which is all about censorship. So you could go find that at the Podcast Brunch Club website or just search for Bleeped on your podcast player of choice. It's all about censorship, which is obviously a huge topic. And it's about also, it's not just about censorship, it's about like the effort to fight censorship. And then finally, I just want to make a little shout out to Inside Podcasting. You may have heard already an episode of Inside Podcasting in this feed. It is from Sky Pillsbury, who writes the Inside Podcasting newsletter. It comes out a few times a week. And she has decided to go meta just like we did and do her own podcast where she interviews creators. And so the one that we featured in our feed, which hasn't been dropped as we're recording it, but should be dropped before we publish this episode, is with Ian Schillag of Everything is Alive. So I've been enjoying that podcast and a huge shout out to Sky and her newsletter, which is excellent. And you should go subscribe to that. It's inside.com slash podcasting. So yeah, I mean, kind of a lot. More than it's usual good. for me. I, I know. Like. Yeah, you, yeah. You're you're um, branching out. You have like a variety. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully you guys have found something in our recommendations and let us know. Or if you listen to something and you think we have horrible taste, we're open to that feedback as well. So <laughs> no problem. We don't mind. But as always, we appreciate that you guys joined us this month. And we will definitely be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on the PBC playlist. You can get us in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or Audible Feast websites. Happy listening. Hey, Steve here from the Minneapolis PBC with a few credits. First off, please rate and review our podcast on your podcast player of choice. The music you heard today is downloaded from freemusicarchive.org, and this episode featured music from Chad Crouch with their song Rainbow. The ad music at the top of the show is from Ms. Algana with their song Paradise. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by a woman I can't praise enough, Adela. Sarah De Silva is our other podcast host, the leader of the Houston chapter of PBC, and the founder of Audible Feast. Thanks to Jenna Spinelli, leader of our online PBC chapter. She also writes many articles for the PBC website. Check them out. And thanks to Pia Piscatelli for all her hard work on our social media feeds. Lastly, audio editing is done by me, Steve Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening. <laughs>